Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Straight out of Austin, Texas, it's On Second Thought, powered by Hook'em.com, with your hosts, statesman sports columnists, Cedric Golden and Kirk Bowles. Often imitated, never duplicated. Hear it here first on Second Thought. Just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water, oh no, the big sharks are back. On Second Thought, episode 221, brought to you by Hook'em.com, our good friends at Bud Light. I'm Cedric Golden, and I'm joined by the duck, Kirk Bowles. And duck, we took a little week off, and man, while we were gone, some big things happened. Uh, before we get to the Longhorns, uh, we're going to be joined later by Kansas City star, sports writer extraordinaire, podcast host, Blair Kirkhoff. Uh, we're starting a new feature. Tell our, our listeners what we're going to do, sir. Well, you know, football is a year-round sport. Is, it? Is, it, it? it is. It is. It's all, it never strays from our mind very far. As Jones Ramsey said, two sports that matter, football and spring football. And uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to try to do a weekly look at uh, Big 12 football programs. And uh, we're going to look at all 10 of them. We start from the bottom. We start from the bottom. Who knows who that might be? Uh, But, uh, (laughs) yeah, I think uh, we'll let the the listeners in on that secret real quick. But we're going to do this. We're going to do all 10 teams, and we're going to try to – you know, have some sports writers who cover that team on. Maybe it may be a coach or two, uh, maybe a radio voice. Who knows? But we just kind of want to tap into the people that know that program. And uh, so our Big 12 Roundup starts today. That's big time. And, and that's going to take us, you know, because there's going to be some weeks where we don't have the podcast because vacations and, right. and stuff happening like that. But that's going to get us partly through the summer and get us closer to kickoff. I love it. And, you know, our statesman, we do our top 25 look uh, where all the writers and editors vote and uh, we have our own top 25 and we counted down uh, the top 25, uh, one to 25. And uh, that will be in the statesman starting. Well, that's usually around 4th of July week, something like that, isn't it? Somewhere around there, we'll be ready to roll. But let's get to the the Texas Longhorns, Duck. We're in the spring, basically. Summer's around the corner. It's not football season. It's not basketball season. But the Texas Longhorns are doing work in these other sports. It's the Golden Era Part 2 from the – decade that was the 2000s when they were on Sports Illustrated and and the Lost Dodge was running things and uh, Texas uh, was the Joneses. Uh, so, uh, you know, they're kind of back to that era. Now they just got to fix football and men's basketball. And, you know, uh, 
it, it's weird. I, I feel like you re, you read my my golden's nuggets today because that's my that's my top that is my top entry. The the return to yesteryear possibly. The one thing we got to talk about though is like you said, uh, Chris Del Conte came here to win championships. They're doing okay. Uh, tennis is playing well. Men's golf just advanced. Tearing it up. Uh, they're tearing it up. Track and field with the sweep in the of the indoor and outdoor seasons under Edric Florial, Coach Flo, uh, my girl Tara Davis doing work. We will have her on our podcast before the Olympics. I'm guaranteeing you, you, you that. Keep that. Yeah, I'm going to hold you to that. Well, yeah, we've already talked. I already talked to Hunter Woodall. We're going we're going to make that happen before before hey. they head to Tokyo. Good. If Tokyo happens, <laughs> um, the biggest team sport right now, baseball, and the Texas Longhorns are easily David Pierce's best team he's had since he's come on the 40 acres. I'm not trying to put any pressure on them, Duck, but they smell like Omaha to me. I don't know about putting pressure on because there's always pressure at, at Texas. And not from us. No, but it's 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 inbred in that program. Even Augie said Omaha is mandatory. It's expected. Uh, if you you know if you didn't get to Omaha, uh, there's going to be that disappointment because that's the standard that was uh, started at Texas with. Bib Falk and Cliff Gustafson and continued with Augie Garrido. And I'm with you. I think it's, it's his best team. They got off to that shaky 0-3 start, and they've just been, you know, killing it ever since. I mean, they're, they get won two out of three from TCU. I was looking at my notes, Ed. They, against TCU, they had 34 hits in the series. They hit 318 as a team. Uh, their starting pitchers had a one eight zero ERA. I mean, they just tore it up. Now those first two games were one run affairs, and they were close. And then Texas, where they scored nine in the Sunday game to win mm-hmm. that series. So now it all comes down to this weekend. Texas hosts West Virginia starting tomorrow, uh, starting tonight. I mean Thursday and uh, TCU, which leads them by a game. They go to Kansas State. So. Who knows what might happen? And when you talk about TCU and Texas, I just know, I just know they're gonna. I just feel like they're gonna end up meeting again. Uh, not just in the Big Twelve tournament, they could meet again in Omaha. They're plenty good enough. I was looking at the numbers, Doug. These teams are nearly identical stat-wise. Uh, entering Thursday's games, they both have fifty-three home runs. Each team has fifty-three home runs. Mm-hmm. TCU's hitting two ninety-three as a team. Texas is hitting 280 as a team. TCU's opponents are hitting 242. Texas's opponents are hitting 218. I mean, these these teams are tailor-made for one another. And uh, it kind of reminds me of 05 when Texas just could not beat Baylor. They couldn't beat Baylor. And yeah. those teams are very evenly matched. And then Texas ends up getting even in Omaha. I could see these teams both meeting again. Yeah, I could too. And then they're both in line to host the regional and the super regional if they advance. And Texas is now risen the number two in the nation, uh, according to the D1 baseball poll. Uh, it seems <clears throat> like to me, TC's a little better hitting. And yes. Texas 
a little better pitching, and that's probably the difference. Uh, you know, I talked to uh, Jim Schlossnagel, who uh, was on our podcast two weeks ago, and he said, well, they lost two of their uh, top players, first baseman Gene Wood and D.H. Hunter Wolf. Uh, they both played that Friday uh, game against Texas, and then uh, they were out with injuries and going to be out a couple of weeks. So Wolf's hitting, three, Wolf's hitting 348. When they get, yeah, they're a big time, big time hitter. So, uh, but yeah, that was just a riveting series. It was just like, well, you're not going to find a better advertisement for college baseball than that series. I wish to, I, I would have loved to have gone to it, but I watched from home. Um, it was, it was just a good theater when two top 10 teams get together and they play at such a high level. Uh, it's, it, it, it just reminds you of how fun the College World Series is because that was Omaha quality, Duck. Yeah, it really was. A great commentator, Kyle Peterson, you know, great commentator for college baseball. Does such a good job. And like you say, I think we'll feel cheated if we don't see him again, you know, at Omaha. I, th- I think it's uh, got a decent chance to happen. I know you mentioned the golf team. Uh, the Texas men's golf team just destroyed – Savannah got to get her voice in. <laughs> no, that was me barking. I was, I'm barking for the, the Longhorn Golf. Go ahead. Savannah's protecting the Casa here. So, uh, but they were Texas men's golf were 20 under par for the three days in Noblesville, Indiana. Uh, the top five go. So they go to uh, Greyhawk uh, Country Club in Scottsdale, Arizona oh. uh, next year for the national championship. Very nice. So that'll be interesting. But, they're just on a run now. It's just like you mentioned track. Uh, the Both men's and women's tennis teams are in Orlando, you know, fighting for a national championship. So, let's you know. Not for, let's not forget friend of the podcast, Vic Schaefer, going Elite Eight this first year. Absolutely. And this bringing in great that. recruits right after that. So, it yeah. just – I mean, I wonder if we're, if we're about to revisit it because uh, you never – you take it for granted when, when you're, when your teams you're covering are great in everything every year, but only until it's over. Let's cube 2010 in football. Only when it's over, do you start to gain a greater appreciation for how well they did. They two final fours in 03 men and women baseball championships in 02 and 05 uh, football championship in 05 football championship runner-up in 09. Uh, those kind of accomplishments don't grow on trees, Duck. And, and to have that, you got to have the right coaches in place. And you're talking about Rick Barnes, Jody Conrad, Augie Garrido, Mac Brown. Those are hall – that's a Hall of Fame list. Uh, do, does CDC have the kind of coaching firepower that can make another – make this renaissance real – because I'm told we're talking about football and basketball first and foremost. Well, you know, Texas has cachet that not every school does. It's got that brand that, that few can emulate. It's got the resources that, that obviously stand alone. And, and I think that's one reason the PAC 12 at least approach CDC about becoming their commissioner. Uh, talked to him uh, this week and they said, well, maybe approach, but he didn't ever officially interview for the job. He makes what $2 million and he can hire any coach he wants. He can steal Vic Schaefer from uh, Mississippi state. He can steal Chris Beard from uh, 
right up the road in Lubbock and, you know, Mike White, Edric Flo, Coach Flo, just going down the list. You know? And he answers to one president and not 12. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, he, you could argue Texas is a much better job than the Pac-12. Absolutely. But the difference is both of them have football problems. The Pac-12 hasn't had a CFP team since 2016, hadn't won a national title uh, that wasn't vacated since USC in 03. So the one question through all this I would ask you is the one question mark football when every other sport on campus seems to be thriving. Even rowing, I think, is number two in the nation. Uh, football, I don't know. I, I, you know, we don't get to talk to the coach that much, so I, I don't know, Doc. Uh, uh, you know, and for, and for people who love this podcast, let's we got to be transparent. We keep it real on on second thought, don't we, Doc? We bring it. Try to We've bring been it trying to get Steve Sarkeesian on this podcast, and uh, we we we've been trying, and we'll keep trying. And uh, every time we ask, it's always you know there's something. He's got a busy schedule. You know, I know in the middle of May, there's there's so much football going on, but it hasn't happened. We're going to make it happen, hopefully, because we've we've had Dave Aranda on this podcast. We've had Matt Wells on this podcast. Hell, we had we had Les Miles on this podcast. We've had we've had Bob Stoops on this podcast. We've had the mullet on this podcast. Lincoln Riley. We've had Lincoln Riley. So. Every Big 12 coach, basically, except for Sark, who just got here. Um, but you know what? Chris Beard just got here, and we've had him. Uh, so we're waiting on Sark. We're hoping for Sark. We're going to keep trying, but we can't make any promises. Well, he's only been here since January 4th, so it's going to be hard to fit in 15 or 20 minutes. So uh, we're just saying, Sark, come on, man, you're missing out. So we have. I a lot mean, of we've e- we've so- even had Savannah on this podcast. I mean, she's barking. <laughs> we we didn't have to twist her arm to get on here. So um, we can get her every week. And before we go, hey, a shout out to Charles Groden who passed. Oh man, one of my all time favorite midnight actors. midnight run midnight Great. run the heartbreak kid. Have you ever seen the heartbreak kid original? No, but I will because he passed. You've got to find it. It's Sybil Shepherd. Lover. Oh my God. It was just a classic. It's you know, you know my friend Larry Carlson and your friend. That's our favorite comedy. So but a shout out to him. And and we were talking about uh Brian Cranston in your honor. We ought to we ought to incorporate this every week. What are you watching? You know, you've already seen your honor story by Brian Cranston plays a judge in New Orleans, gets caught up in nefarious things, but uh, what are you watching right now that our, our fans and listeners might want to know? What am I not watching is a better hey, question. Give us, give us one. Give us okay. one. Okay. Uh, this is us. It's the best show on television. You, man, you talk about it all the time. Mm-hmm. Our wives love it. We love it. We're old. Yeah. If you love family, this is us. It's got one season left after this. They just announced. No, really? That's it. Just what? one season remaining. Oh, um, me. This is us. Uh, I watch um, I watch uh, the full five seasons of Snowfall, which is about the crack e- epidemic in L.A. I didn't uh, see it. It's an eighty. It's based in the eighties when crack invaded uh, the 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 neighborhoods in Los Angeles, Compton. It's about a drug dealer and organized yeah. crime. Very good. Uh, Queen Sugar uh, about New Orleans, a black family in New Orleans uh, de- dealing with Katrina and and family strife. Uh, what else have I watched? Did you ever watch uh, One Night in Miami? 
Loved it. Wonderful. And my my cousin had no idea. And uh, shout out to Pooh Choice, Gary Choice, my cousin, who was a faithful listener of On Second Thought. I uh, had no idea that, that that really happened, that those guys really hung out that night. Sam Cooke, Muhammad Ali, Jim yeah. Brown, and uh, who's the fourth had some, guy? Had some vanilla ice cream. Yeah, it, it was wonderful. So oh, That was uh, really good, really good. Oh, you watch uh, Rain uh, on Netflix, Mary no. Queen of Scots? And- no. I've watched don't, that. Don't do a whole lot of don't do a whole lot of British stuff. Never watch Queen's Gambit. Never watch oh The Crown. God. Never watch Queen's Gambit. What's the matter with you? Or The Crown. Never watched any of that. Hey, so. make yourself watch Queen's Gambit. Make I will because I have an opening. Because I'm here's what I'm waiting for, and these people are starting to go. What are they talking about? We love mm-hmm. television. I'm waiting on Yellowstone to come back. I'm wait. I'm waiting on The Ozark to come back. There's oh, so many God. shows that I'm waiting. Yeah. for to come back and they're coming back but it's gonna be a while before they get back uh, if you haven't seen the queen latifah equalizer excellent it's excellent mm. she's really good in that so mm. those those are those are the shows that i'm watching and i we used to talk about movies but we haven't gone to the movies in a no, year and a half i'm getting close to venturing out i i, I want to see quiet place too uh, but I don't know what else is out there. I may start going this week. I used to. That was my Friday afternoon. I miss yeah. movie. I must miss movie pass. I hate that. that I hate too. that movie pass went under because yeah, I was exactly. going to. I was going to three or four movies a week. I was sneaking out going to the movies because I could. It was ten bucks a month. I would have paid. I would have paid twenty five a month. Oh yeah, for and that. And they would still. Be, they would still be in business if they charge more. Well, check. Queen's Gambit out. Check it out and watch one or two episodes, see if you like it, and let's get on with our guest. Duck, we are joined today as part of our new Big 12 feature, the next 10 podcasts, including today's. We're doing it up. We're going to feature a Big 12 team. So Kansas City star sports writer Blair Kirkhoff joins us. He is also the illustrious host of the KC Sports Beat podcast every day on your on your podcast uh, uh, where, wherever you can get a podcast. Blair, what's up? Great to see you guys, even if it's still on Zoom. Uh, but uh, look, congratulations, two twenty one. That's that's a big number in the podcast world to get two twenty one of those. So that that's really good. You're right. I host the Sports Beat KC podcast here for the Star. It's a daily sports podcast. Uh, we taped an episode this morning. I'll do another one this afternoon, and that seems to be my life these days. <laughs> but I my, love it. My good. So you do two podcasts a day? Well, I'm trying to take Friday off, so I'm trying to knock one out on wow. <laughs> so, so I can get a Friday afternoon off. So you ever have time to write anymore? Are you doing podcasts? You know, it, it, it's funny how we try to incorporate uh, writing, but uh, both, right? The podcast and the writing. Like today's podcast is contains story links to stories that I've written. So there's, you know, it's it's part pod, parts, you know, part part story. It's 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 the brave new world that that we're all living in. You know, 
before we started doing this podcast, I never listened to podcasts. Well, now, now I listen to podcasts. There you go. There you go. Well, we want to talk about Jayhawk football, such as it is, and they have yet another head coach, uh, Lance Leipold, 56-year-old, uh, came from Buffalo, won six national championships at Wisconsin-Whitewater Division Three, which is unbelievable in itself. And the guy looks like an insurance salesman. He doesn't look like a coach, does he? What What were your first impressions, Blair? Yeah, um, you're right. He, he is uh, very unassuming looking. I think my first impression of him is this was the right type of coach for Kansas. You know, they think about their previous hires. They went, uh, they went star power with Charlie Weiss and Les Miles. They went. Um, kind of a young up-and-comer with Turner Gill and then David Beatty, and none of them worked out. None of them worked out to the tune of no record better than three and nine Ooh. since 2000 and – I want to say 2009. I think Mark Mangino's last year, we went five and seven. Right. So, you know, Gill, Weiss, Beatty, Miles, none of them worked out. And, um, and, and they all, you know uh, – but none of them had the t- – this, the type of background that Leipold has, which is starting, you know, just climbing the ladder, having success at each step, and, um, and, and then being really, really thankful to be at a program, even one as bad as Kansas has been. You know, with some of the coaches, it was like, you know, I'm doing you a favor by being here. Right. Not exactly. the way with Leipold. Exactly. What his background is is very impressive. I was reading a little bit about Leipold before, and and Cedric, he was thinking about getting into law enforcement, you know, at one time, and he started making his way in summer summer football camps, and just kind of got the bug and everything. So uh, he's 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 like. I don't know, methodical, like you said, he climbed the ladder. He has paid his dues, and he is happy to be there where, like you said, Charlie Weiss, maybe less miles, hey, I'm doing you a favor. So right. he, he is generally excited about being in Lawrence, Kansas, is he not, Blair? He totally is, and, you know, he's not, he's not the kind of guy that's going to wow you with a press conference with, uh, with personality, but he may wow you with knowledge and – uh, and and we'll and we'll see what happens on, on the field for for Kenny. Right. Proof is in the proof is in the pudding. Right. But look, he he um he was a quarterback at Wisconsin Whitewater, and uh and, and then he's had experience at major college programs as well. I mean, he he was you know he's been, he was been on Nebraska staff and and uh, Wisconsin. He's been on on major college staffs, but um uh, the, one of the stats that stood out to me when I heard it was when he was the head coach at Wisconsin Whitewater, and they won the six. Division three NCAA champions, they did that with five different quarterbacks. So it mm. wasn't like one guy was in there winning three of them. You know, he, he did it with five right. different guys. And in one of the years, Wisconsin Whitewater led the nation Division three in passing. And in another one of those years, they led the nation in rushing. Wow. So he's been able to, you know, adjust with, uh, with personnel and, and change it up. And Look, that's Division Three, and um, and, and it's, it's a different world where he is now. And 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 look, he is starting at the absolute rock bottom of of major college football at Kansas, and he he knows that he knows he's got his work cut out for him. But he was eager to get the job. I mean, I was hearing about him before Les Miles and, and the athletic director Jeff Long were you know were ushered out that that Leipold was interested in it. So. 
it, it's good for Kansas to find somebody, I think, with his qualifications that really wanted the job. 109 at six with Wisconsin Whitewater, including 30 and 0 in his last two seasons. I, you know, 37 and 33 at Buffalo. You cannot, you cannot overlook that. I mean, that that's, I mean, Turner Gill, I think did a good job there, but the fact, the fact that he's coming in here on a high like that uh, for a program that's been more abound for so many years, hmm. um, do you think he took it because sooner or later I'm, I'm going to have to make that leap? Was his phone ringing? Uh, what, what made Kansas the ideal choice for him? That's, that's a good question. And the timing, of course, is different too, right? I mean, for, for this to happen in, um, you know, the, the search to happen in April and, uh, you know, Kansas, as I said, you know, they not only fired uh, Les Miles for the, you know, for the stuff that was coming out at LSU, but then they had to, you know, they felt they had, Jeff Long needed to go as well uh, for either not knowing or uh, or he should have known. That's that sort of thing. So the, the the coaching search is at a very unconventional time, and there was some thought given to look. They 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 elevated an, uh, an assistant to the interim position, a fellow named Emma Jones, and a very much popular assistant coach with the players. And I know I thought, look, they should give some consideration to having him just re- keep the interim tag throughout the season and then start fresh from, uh, you know, after, after the 2021 uh, year. Let's see what he can do. Maybe he's the guy. You know, maybe, maybe they can win with the interim guy. But uh, Kansas went out and hired a, a new athletic director, and he made it clear from his, uh, you know, from his opening press conference that uh, they were going to go uh, on a national search for a football coach. And what we were hearing was there was more interest in the job uh, by quality candidates that, than you might think. Hmm. Now, and this is – look, Candace wasn't going to pay. They, they were – I think it was understood. They were going to go right in at number 10 when it, come to, when it came to coaching salary, uh, what they were going to pay the new guy, and deservedly so. I mean – if, if they weren't going to go the, you know, the star power route. And, uh, but even with that, the, 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 um, the thought was uh, the, the, there were some quality candidates out there that were really interested in Kansas and Leipold again, even, even at that point, Leipold was really interested in the job. You know, I like the fact that you said he'd been on major college staffs at Nebraska, at Wisconsin. And I think, did he grow up in Nebraska? He's a Midwest guy, isn't he? He is. Well, he, I know he went to Wisconsin Whitewater. Um, I, I don't know where he grew up. I knew he, I'll tell you what, he was on the staff at the University of Nebraska at Omaha, which mm. is a Division II program. And, and, uh, and, and that program dropped football while he was there. He was really ticked off about it. Um, Trev mm. Alberts, remember the old Nebraska linebacker? Yeah. The linebacker was the, the athletic director who decided to drop football. But uh, you know, so Leipold's on that staff. He really is a Midwest guy. I mean, he is yeah. uh, just about his entire career in, 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 the, in the middle of the country. So we'll see if that, you know, if that, how that affects his recruiting. Obviously, Texas is so important to the schools in this part of the Big 12 footprint. Um, uh, and, and you've got a, and, and he kept five members of the, of the previous staff and, mm-hmm. and several of those have recruiting uh, ties in Texas. And that's, uh, that is absolutely critical for, for Kansas football. Who's going to play quarterback. I, I, I've read like five names uh, who came out of this, <laughs> who came out of the spring as the, the front runner for that position. 
guy who's not on campus yet. Wow. <laughs> That's deep. That's deep. Um, it, it looks like uh, – there, look, there are returning players for, for Kansas. Um, uh, Jalen Daniels was a freshman who, who got to – uh, took a lot of snaps last year. Um, they got a, 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 a Miles Kendrick, who you know, the, the the most experienced. But I think they're looking at Jason Bean, transfer from North Texas, as mm-hmm. the the guy that can come in and and win the job in the fall. Um, I don't know much about him. Uh, I just don't. But uh, but I know that that position has been a absolute disaster for Kansas through the years ever since. Austin's own Todd Reesing, um, you know, led them to the, to the Orange Bowl victory and back-to-back bowl games. There has not been a quarterback. I, 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 I don't say this with I, – I can't back this up with the record book in front of me, but I don't imagine they've had a quarterback that got an all-conference vote in the last decade. Wow, so, wow. You would uh, think quarterbacks are falling off trees. There's so many uh, – Juco, Cam Newton. Oh, Cam, how many camps are there? You know, how can you yeah. not get a guy – I think it also has to do with the, the, the turnover in coaching and philosophy and um, mm-hmm. change coordinators all the time. And, and nobody right. – they have actually lost quarterbacks uh, to, to transfer over the years, one to Boise State, one to Virginia Tech that went on to start at their programs huh. but, uh, okay. but couldn't start at uh, – or didn't have success at Kansas. Yeah, you think they'd find somebody like a Kyle Trask in Manville who never started a game, you know, behind right. Eric King, and then he becomes a Heisman candidate right. for so, But you would think there's a lot identifying quarterbacks, obviously, you know, very important. So Bean is not on campus yet, right? I, I, I don't, he did not participate in spring. Okay. He wasn't in the spring. So, uh, but, but uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of uh, hope for him. Has he said what his offense will be, Leipold? Does he no. have a set? I don't think we know that yet. He, now, look, Kansas this week had a media opportunity. I didn't attend that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the coordinators were available, and, and, and they again, this was an in-person thing. And there, wait, there, wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. You said coordinators are available? Did <laughs> you hear that, Cedric? They're available to talk. You're, you're, bre- you're, you're breaking up. I can't hear you. You're breaking up. <laughs> I have no idea what you're saying. Uh, we'll get an interpreter in here, maybe to communicate in English. What's a co- sure we're going to meet Texas coordinators. What's a, what's a coordinator? <laughs> Guy that makes a lot of money and doesn't have to talk to the media. That's what. So that's that's, that's a little bone that we haven't picked because, like, you know, they've always been available at Texas from from 1900 till now. Not only are they not going to be available in the fall, they're not available in the spring. We haven't even talked to one member of Sarkeesian staff. So. Welcome to Alabama Light 2.0. It's not. It's it is not a little bone. It's a femur. It's yeah. a femur. <laughs> well, that's ridiculous because in the NFL they talk once a week. Yeah, uh, you know, they, they they come to the podium once a week. The offense, defense, and special teams coordinators do. And um, it, crazy. It, 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 it's a shame. I'm sorry yeah. to hear that. Yeah, and you said he kept five members of the staff. I don't know. The coordinators have they been with Leipold? Did he bring them with him? Yes. Um, so a little bit a mix, right? Um, uh, it's basically half. Half of uh, the the uh, the Buffalo staff came, and half of the Kansas staff. Okay. Came, which I thought was important for for continuity. Kansas has actually had a couple of nicely rated recruiting classes under under Miles. I mean, for by Kansas standards, right? Right. Uh, and. The, the fear of of the new the, the coaching change regime was they were going to lose 
they were going to lose uh, a, a lot yeah. of those guys. And right. by keeping as many of the assistant coaches from the previous staff, they were able to, so far, you know, transfer portal being what it is, um, but they were, they've been able to, it seems like so far they've been able to keep their guys. That's all. They're, they had 22 three-star recruits. That's impressive for Kansas. It, for Kansas it is. Absolutely yeah. it is. Yeah. And Puka Williams is gone, right? Went to yeah, NFL. Puka, Puka's gone. Signed a, he didn't get drafted. Signed a, yeah. a signed a free agent contract with someone. Um, Bengals. Cincinnati, okay. Um, they have some skill position people left, uh, running back or receiver, anybody that jumps out at you, Blair? They, they have um, – uh, they're, they're going to be when, – when you, when you talk about their prospects this year, you, kinda, you have to start on defense. They, they really like what they've got on the defensive line. Um, they, uh, it, it's, it's, just, it's just different. I mean, they, they, they've, yeah. um, uh, they, they have never been able to – uh, in the last decade, really line up on either side of the line um, with, with, with Big 12 programs. And, right. and they, they feel like, at least on the defensive side, they, they can do that now. Look, this was a team that averaged like 16 points a game in the eight or nine games it played last year. Remember, they didn't get to play Texas at the end, right? Uh, right. That was, that was right. one that got postponed. But, no, I think that's where the, I think that's where the problem is going to end up being for them, you know, among, look, it's Kansas. So there, there'll be a lot of problems, but, um, uh, but, but I, I think on the, the offensive side, there's just, there's just too many, there's a lot of unknowns for them. Uh, they've had some decent wide receivers in the last couple of years, but right. you know, this was a team that what they went to Texas a couple of years ago and put up 48 points and, yeah, um, uh, and then they've got, and they had, receivers then but most of that crew is, is moved on yeah so what uh what's a realistic goal if you're a jayhawk fan and you're waiting till you know basketball starts in october what i know lipold is talking championships every coach worth his salt has to do that but i wonder can you get back to the mangino era was there anything during Mark's Mangino reign where he won 12 games in an orange bowl and had a great quarterback. Anything that you think Kansas can take from the Mangino era and apply now that would work? That's a good question. I, I, I think back to that 07 Kansas team that was, uh, that went 12 and one and, and beat Virginia tech in the orange bowl. And a lot of things happened that year for Kansas. One, they didn't play Texas or Oklahoma right. um, or, or Texas tech. They had the other three in the, in that, uh, that scheduling and A&M was down and, and that was Gundy's first year at Oklahoma state. So they were down. And of course, Nebraska was down. They just caught everybody at a really good time, but right. look, they, they took full advantage of it. Love and it. Uh, yeah, they, they did what they did, what they were supposed to do. Um, so look, so that's a little different right now where you're playing a, a full round Robin schedule. I think it's actually more difficult now to work your way up from the bottom. Yeah. In the so. last, in the, in the Big 12, think about it. In the last couple of years, you know, Chris Kleiman at Kansas State and uh, uh, Dave, uh, uh, Brown, West Virginia, Texas Tech, Matt Wells, you've got these new coaches, and they're all having trouble kind of busting through, right, making yep. making progress. And um, how about, you know, Kansas State is 2-0 and against Oklahoma the last two years, but under 500 overall in that, in that mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I think that's going to make it difficult for Kansas. But, I, but if you're if, – if, I think Kansas football fans will be happy when they see the team being more or better organized, not getting destroyed on special teams. I think they'll pay closer attention to that than they have over the years. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just a matter of building 
get, getting the program physically built to handle the, the, the week in week out big 12 schedule. Right. And, 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 and unluckily for Kansas this year, their non-conference is they, um, there, there's one FCS, but then they play like at Duke and at Coastal Carolina. So they right. don't have a couple to, you know, it's not a good schedule to build momentum early. Yeah, they, those are really good. Coastal Carolina and Duke are, are a pretty good team. They got South Dakota that they opened with. So, yeah, no easy path there. So, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll be interesting, too. And I, I agree with you. It is harder now with the full round robin to – and so much pressure to get in the CFP transfer portal. You know, I know they got a receiver. What's his name from Texas tech, Kevin Terry. I don't remember him that much, but if you're a receiver I, coming from Lubbock, you got to be good, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, historically it says, it says it, uh, it should work. Um, uh, I, I think the the big news for Kansas is they haven't lost people to the transfer portal where, Mm-hmm. Um, there was a thought that that, that could happen in, in, a, in a big way with the transition in staff. So um, it's not going to be one of those new coaching regimes where you're only ha- you only have like, you know, 68 scholarship players, like happens at some of the you know, more downtrodden programs with a new coach. Um, so I, I think that'll, that'll work out for them. But it is uh, – you guys know, you guys have been in this league forever. It is – it's going to be a massive uphill battle. For, yeah. for Kansas, and and I think in a program like Kansas, you you, you think you know when, when could they you know for a realistic goal is bowl eligibility, I think they're three years away from something like that from being yeah. able to get to six wins. You can't if they can get one or two in his first year, and then maybe two, three, or four the second with a Big Twelve win or two that year, then you can maybe adjust the schedule and get things to a point where you can think mm-hmm. about a bowl in a in a third year. Mm-hmm. You know what, uh, Blair? Just a couple of years ago, we were we were joking and laughing with the Mad Hatter at Jerry World back when yeah, we could actually yeah. see coaches and uh, talk with him and his daughter about his new right. challenge. He was so happy to get back in the game, and all of a sudden, it all comes apart. Um, how 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 how's that gonna gonna affect? Uh, his legacy, because we were all we've all been around Les Miles from his days at Oklahoma State, LSU. Uh, does he just go away as a pariah in college football after the way this ended for him? You're, you're right. I remember that day at, uh, at Big 12 Media Days. So fun. Uh, so fun. I, my job that day was to kind of just follow him around for the day going in, you know, in and out of the, you know, the interviews. And because he was Les Miles, everybody wanted to talk to him. It was the rare <laughs> you know, popular Kansas figure that people wanted to talk to at a football media day. And he, right. His daughter escorting him around everywhere. Um, he, he was great. He was, he was great. wonderful. We were laughing and he was just so glad to be back. You could tell. Yeah. Yeah. Seemed to be. And, and uh, so different than the less miles that had been introduced at the news conference where there were these terrible, awkward pauses. Yes. Uh, when, you know, when he was asked, asked a question you're thinking wait is this what's going on here mm-hmm. um i thought he did better um in, in at, at media day handling questions there but but then look then the the the, the, the reporting in baton rouge got uh, you know produced stories that were like oh no it really we're, we're, we got to hear about we're going to hear this this is happening you know this happened then and uh it, and it grew to the point where 
Kansas football fans, you know, even though they're, look, they're, they're disinterested as they are in a, in a program that's been losing for as long as it is, it was an intolerable situation. You just, you couldn't have that person at the, you know, at the head of your, at the head of your football program. And I thought they did the right thing and, uh, and, and, and bounced him. And then a day later, you know, the athletic director follows him out the door because that, that whole hiring was orchestrated in advance. I mean, right. hell, ESPN was had its cameras rolling on on Les <laughs> Miles, you know, while he was during the interview before the interview process. You know? Exactly. Um, so um, it, it, it can't, it, in terms of a story like that being a distraction or you know setting the program back. All I think all you can say is there's no place to go. I mean, you can't <laughs> set the Kansas program back. Nope. Very far. <laughs> you know, just don't embarrass uh, us further than uh, Saturday <laughs> afternoons for three hours, right? So, yeah. And they got this new guy, Travis Goff, their new AD. Uh, he, what is he? Sixteen years old. <laughs> he is the youngest looking AD in the yeah. East. Boyish. And uh, I, thought was, I thought it was Jared Goff when I saw him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did, a great, did a great, great job at the press conference. Kansas native. He is yeah. young, um, right. a young guy. He was the number two guy at Northwestern when, uh, uh, and has said previously that, uh, you know, go, going to Kansas where he, where he went to school was a, was a dream job for him. And look, you, you know, you have to work with football, but you get to work with basketball. Right. And, um, Oh yeah. And some other things. So look, he, he's, um, he's, he's proven popular and he got a lot of good, uh, uh, a lot of good grades on the, on the football search and the way the whole football, uh, uh, you know, hiring came off. So he's, right. um, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a honeymoon for him right now. For sure. I was curious if, uh, if, uh, Lipo was in Buffalo when Cleo Mack was there, I don't know if they, Ooh overlapped or not but uh even if he wasn't i would i would bring him to lawrence in <laughs> august and, or, or june and talk to the team so, Heck yeah you would <laughs> yeah you're doing right before we let you go and this has been very illuminating we've really enjoyed catching up with you name image and likeness is, is a big deal circulating around college sports right now there's a bill that may be uh approved by the texas legislature already i think they're five, maybe six states. Where does Kansas, Missouri, uh, how have they uh, approached this uh, name, image, and likeness? And are we going to see bills out of those two states? Well, uh, uh, Missouri has passed it, and uh, that came out of the legislature this year. And it is due, it is due to go in effect on August 28th. So for, so, uh, so I, have, I found myself talking to Missouri basketball coach Conzo Martin and football coach Eli Drinkwitz, this week, and their uh, and the athletic director Jim Sterk, they are uh, they're all preparing for it. They've had their athletes meet with um, uh, representatives of, of this company that helps them helps the players develop their brand. And um, right. so uh, they, they were these coaches are really interesting, very in tune to it. And uh, um, I, I credit Missouri's legislature for for passing the bill. Kansas did not pass it. There's a Kansas legislature, legislator who's holding it up, trying to tie it to a, a transgender athlete issue uh, in, in, in Kansas. So that's the holdup in Kansas. But look, it, it's going to be everywhere soon. Right. It's just going to be in about six SEC states before 
any place else. I mean, exactly. Alabama, Georgia, Florida, uh, Missouri, they're all, they've, they've all passed it. And, and well, those, those kids are already getting paid, Blair. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they're not going to get paid as much as these kids are going to get paid now, though. I, That's I was, true. I was talking to a guy who's a um, former Nebraska linebacker who, who basically uh, co-founded a company that helps athletes and now student athletes. They help guide them through the process. And he was telling me that Spencer Rattler's value in, in this world is about $600,000. Whoa. Wow. So, um, yeah, he said top, you know, top notch quarterback, you know, the uh, Hal at North Carolina, um, just a, the, the, the top notch quarterbacks can make uh, well into six figures wow. in name, image, and likeness. Wow. And it's going to be available to every athlete, to, to male and female, to Olympic sports and revenue-generating right. sports. Everybody's going to get their opportunity. And so one of the issues we talked about with the coaches is, yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree that it needs to be there. Yeah. But is there going to be a problem if, there's the, if the star basketball player, the quarterback, is making, has a six-figure deal and the other teammates don't have something like that? Mm-hmm. Uh, could that be a potential locker room issue? Hey, he's paying for steak. He's paying for steak, so that'll be okay. Yeah. yeah. On the plus side, and I thought this was interesting, the coaches said, if nothing <clears> else, <throat> it's going to force 18, 19, 20, 21-year-olds to understand how important their social media brand is beyond college because mm-hmm. uh, you're, now that money's at stake, you're not going to do anything to embarrass yourself. You're not going to put anything out there that – could um, you know they, they could jeopardize your earnings potential, right? And he thinks that this is uh, the, the the coaches think this will be a good growing process for uh, for their athletes, and they're going to be able to be paid for their autographs, correct? Autographs, right? Camps, camps. Wow. Uh, they could they can be paid for running camps, right? Uh, uh, autographs at at the uh, at the car dealership, autograph jersey, sessions, jersey sales, sure, absolutely, yeah, yeah, they are that that is all coming and. States better get going because it doesn't look like there's going to be national legislation on this this year. I don't know why. I mean, what else does the federal government have to do? I mean, you, can't, you know, they got nothing else to do. But uh, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. I think a lot of these coaches, you know, they're already pulling their hair out over the transfer portal. Like, oh my God, it's re-recruiting every twenty minutes. Yeah, whatever, whatever. Back, the backup quarterback is leaving, but yeah, not that we feel sorry for him. First world but, problems. But I wonder if so much as it's like Booster X is going to, you know, Blair Kirkhoff's this great five-star quarterback and, uh, hey, I'll give you a million dollars for your autograph, uh, Blair. <laughs> you know, it, I wonder if they – I don't think they really bemoan them working for Pluckers. Hey, I love Chuck, Pluckers chicken wings. Go down there and you, they give them 5000 but I think they worry about the excess. They do, and and there are some uh, there's some circuit breakers in here that that will not allow that to happen to have the you know the Rhett Bomar car dealership deal. You know, <laughs> big yeah. red baby, big red. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we haven't touched on Kansas basketball, so uh, I don't know if uh, if they're out of the woods yet. Last question though: Do you expect them to get slapped with severe sanctions? The basketball program at Kansas, Blair. They expect to get slapped with sanctions. They just yeah. do. Uh, they think something's coming down the pike. We think it's going to be end of summer or sometime in the fall, the extent of which we, we don't know. But that hasn't stopped them from uh, right. just cleaning up in the transfer portal. They just announced uh, it, was, it was on social media yesterday that Remy Martin, who's been Arizona State's top player for the last oh, few yeah. years, transferring to Kansas. 
it's a it's a whole new ball game in college basketball. And I, listen, I love Chris Beard being at Texas. I loved him at, at Texas Tech, uh, but I just think this this Kansas Texas Baylor thing is going to be so much fun here in the next. Yeah, few it's going to be. So you expect Kansas to be put on probation, maybe not eligible for the. Post- I think it's possible. I think it's possible. Yep, yep. That yeah. they may they, they have to sit out uh, at least yeah. one year. Yeah. But it's not. But it's not going to stop him from giving Bill Self a lifetime contract. <laughs> More dollars for the for the perfect hair. There you go. He's theirs, right? You protect yeah. your own, right? That's right. That's exactly right. Hey, hey, Blair, man, it's been fun catching up. Good seeing your face, man. I miss all the it fun. It really is. It really the is. Friends in the press boxes. It really is. So you're looking well, and uh, I know you got about 16 more podcasts to do today. So. Uh, we're going to let you go, but thanks for uh, sharing some wisdom with us, friend. Hey, it's great talking to you guys, too. Appreciate it, man. Take care, Blair. Bye-bye. That will do it for episode 221 of On Second Thought. Major thanks to our buddy Blair Kirkoff of the Kansas City Star for joining us. We'll be back next week for more Big 12 preview and more shenanigans on our little podcast. For the Duck Kirk Bowls, I'm Cedric Golden. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to On Second Thought, powered by Hook'em.com. Join Ced and Kirk every Thursday at lunch for a new episode. Archived episodes are available on iTunes and Google Android Play.